Do you have an idea for a business, but you don't know what the next step to take? Or do you already have a business and you're ready to level up? Is it really all about the hustle or can you have some work-life balance? On season two of Business Fluent, we talk with entrepreneurs in all stages of their journey. So you can get tips and strategies to avoid the common mistakes and leverage best practices. So you can not only grow a thriving business, but you can live your best life. Hi, everyone. You're here with Business Fluent Season 2. I'm Lisa Hudson, Director of the Small Business Development Center, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Tony Gallo, Director of the Lorraine County Chamber. And I have to say, we are so excited to have Ann Harrell of Ocean Jewelry here with us today. Um, I'm excited to hear her story. If you've never checked out her shop or her online shop, she has incredible pieces, and I, I just can't wait to hear your story. So, Ann, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. So my name is Anne, and uh, I own Ocean Jewelry, and we are a handmade jewelry and apparel brand. Uh, we uh, have a studio where we make our jewelry inside our store. So it's uh, kind of nice that you can come and kind of see the process. And uh, the past few years, we expanded to uh, other brands. So we carry not only our pieces and our apparel, but we also carry um, local and not so local uh, brands, which makes us more like now, uh, more like a lifestyle boutique. And uh, we just opened our second location uh, in uh, Pinecrest, which is uh, located on the east side. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Anne, have you always wanted to be a jewelry designer? Did you grow up as a little girl designing jewelry? No, not at all. I um, I never knew I was an artist until I was in my 20s, actually. So uh, I love languages. I grew up, my mom being Italian, uh, I grew up in France. So I was exposed to lots of different cultures and very easy to travel in other countries. And so I thought I'd do something in languages, in tourism. When I uh, met my husband and, you know, eventually moved here, I really needed to have a creative outlet because I was feeling really um, a fish out of the water. <laughs> I was uh, very homesick and I needed kind of like an outlet, not only to connect with myself, and but also like it was a great way to connect with others because my husband was... Um, is an artist and so I would do events with him and I would um, always sit at the merch table so that was kind of like my way to um, connect with people in those situations so then I started bringing the few things that I started making and really realized that uh, you know that was like a good conversation starter and uh, able to that way connect with people that's great what year did you what year did you found your company Anne? So the official date is 2009, but I was, you know, making things on the side um, for like a few years beforehand. You know, I was a nanny then. I was studying to be actually a counselor. I was going to try C. And when I graduated, uh, I was still like, no, nah. I mean, the, the culture shock lasted quite a few years. Uh, so when I, even when I started, um, you know, looking for a job, in my training, I was still very young. I mean, I was 23, 24. Language was still not fluent in English yet. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to be a drunk, a drug counselor to like kids that are like a couple of years younger than me yet. That I was already, sorry, like applying to shows, like local shows. Um, 
in the community. And that's kind of like what I did for a few years. Uh, and in 2009 is kind of the official year because that's when my, um, my son was born. And I had to like quit my job, obviously. And um, that's when I was like, okay, well, let's just put our, our eggs in one basket. <laughs> Go for it. That's awesome. And so you, at that point you started, you were selling kind of at the different um, art shows, things around there. Yeah. And wh- what year did you open your storefront? 2017. Yeah, I did shows for years. I mean, that was my only way to earning money. So I started doing local shows just in Cleveland for a few years and then um, applied to a few stores. Um, so it was like, it was a process. It was a journey for sure. And then um, when those uh, shows started to like um, go well, I kind of gained confidence in applying to bigger shows that were uh, either in New York or I went to Chicago and um kind of like grew my brand that way. And that was kind of like a way to market myself as well. So then in 2017, I opened a store and it was just mainly my studio. But before that, I was in the aircraft building and I was trying to do like better and getting a little more traffic. So people had a really hard time coming and we were on the fifth floor. You had to take the dock and get, you know, in this creepy elevator. And I was like, man, like, we, we need to figure out like a way to be a little more visible. And then at that time, uh, Philip and Jackie from Found uh, had just moved their store down the street and they connected me with uh, the uh, Detroit Showway director at the time, Adam. And I was like, I'm not ready for this, but sure, I'll go see the space. And then, you know, once I saw a space, we start dreaming and it was like, oh my gosh, there's no way like I cannot, you know, make this happened it was just so so exciting and uh so i applied because i guess it was kind of a process which i didn't know at that time but i had to write him a business plan and um yeah so they accepted me and then the year after or maybe two years later sorry in 2019 we also took over the the store next to us so we have like we are in two different spaces in Gordon Square. That's- yeah, that, I mean, that whole um, Gordon Square area has really, I mean, you moved there, Fount came, and there's just yeah. been a lot of focus in that area, restaurants, and right. um, really Brunettes, has transitioned yeah, into a process train. Yeah. So actually, I'm really happy to hear your story because that's exactly kind of how we encourage our clients. Sometimes we have someone come in and they're like, right away, they want to open a storefront and, you know, invest all this money. And it's like, you know, no, let's let's build a following and test your products before you make those kind of investments. So you really did it a right way. So you went to school for social worker and your product is artist yeah so and your husband is an artist was it hard to learn the business side of things yes oh my gosh very much so I mean the struggle (laughs) the struggle was not only like identifying as an artist but then also as a business which I'm you know it's still like those two things merging is definitely still a challenge but yeah like I you know I hid a long time behind the fact that I was not a business person so my husband was doing a lot of the, you know, financial taxes, all that stuff. Yeah, it was definitely very, very challenging. And, you know, also being business, it's not necessarily just like the money aspect, but it's also 
managing, you know, inventory and, you know, when you start hiring people, managing that, that side of things. And uh, sometimes, I, I, you know, you kind of wish you, you, you didn't grow because it's very challenging to manage all this. And from a, from a standpoint, yeah. are you and your husband able to uh, kind of cross promote? Is he an artist in, in which that sort of plays with what you're doing at the jewelry store? Or are you guys on two different planes? Yeah, we are in two different. Uh, yeah, he's actually the founder of a nonprofit, so he works with uh, you know young young people, and he uh, creates music with them. So he teaches them how to make music, and he records them. And we kind of did um, work together because when he would come to shows with me, he uh, he was exposed to obviously the craft uh, world, and he really saw the value of like teaching the, his students uh, entre- entrepreneurship. So he um, decided to actually part of his organization is also teaching kids how to create t-shirts and the whole process of printing them and sending them. So when the fee was still happening, I mean, we also traveled with, with, with the students, his students to other cities. And that's the reason why I started doing apparel because then that was accessible to me. We shared space at that time when I was in the archive building and, you know, I was still making jewelry and I was like, oh, we can also start making uh, apparel. And so that was really exciting because then I was able to expand that way. And um, it's a whole new outlet and it's very exciting. And so now it's a huge part of our business and his um Nonprofit now splits into where they they print not only for us and for his students, but they do a lot of printing for you know tons of other people now. So it's it's been really exciting to see grow. You want to give a plug to your husband's um, nonprofit? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's called Refresh Collective. It's a it's a recording studio, and then like I said, they also print shirts and uh, teach how to make kids how to make beats and music, and you can record your songs. And so, you know, after the whole program, and he does that in schools too. So he partners with teachers and, um, you know, it's giving them a voice, you know, share their stories through music. And uh, it's, it's beautiful to see uh, kids, you know, going through this experience and uh, learning about themselves and create music that they love. So Awesome. Well, and I have to say, I love some of your T-shirts and sweatshirts that you carry in the store. And a lot of them have a woman empowerment message, as well as a lot of your jewelry pieces. Yes. So um, obviously, that's an important topic for you. And as you were growing your yeah. business and developing um, your artistry, did you find that you found a strong group of women to support you? And have you kind of found your circle of, of uh, supporters that way? Yeah, you know, it's, it's been a progression of me as a person how that happened really because like I said, like the the culture shock and the the lack of community is kind of what pushed me originally to start making jewelry and uh, finding this creative outlet. And then now, yes, for sure, I can say that I, I feel really connected. Um, I'm very lucky to collaborate with other artists and I think doing shows for so many years, um, the brands that we, we carry, like these are uh, really, you know, they, they were, they started from like, our relationship being, you know, I'm going to say like in the trenches because, you know, shows are really hard. Like it's a, it's a lot of work to do shows. It, you know, when you have little kids, it's like you work the whole week to make your pieces or your, you know, your production. And then on the weekends you are on the go and, you know, 
when this bad weather or nobody shows up. And so for many years, you know, identifying to that poor artist mentality kind of thing, you know, with others and, you know, you really like make some really friendships. Now we are at a different level. We now, you know, we've grown. And so our relationships, you know, have changed and morphed, but like, I'm, I feel really lucky to, to still have like really strong, um, like I'd say like peers, you know, and we walk in the same. Uh, but as far as like also women empowerment, it's something that kind of evolved as well because growing up, like I, I was, I, my, my dad was pretty authority, authoritative, sorry. So I, I felt like I never really like had a voice and then moving here then I found again, I lost my voice. And so creating Ocean was a way for me to finding my voice, finding, um, I guess, finding myself. Like I feel like I had to prove myself in so different levels of like, it's not because I don't speak the language fluently or I have a different culture that, you know, I'm not worthy of like quality, t- you know, because I really felt like people were dismissive, you know, like, oh, she's not understanding me. So I felt like people were just like brush over. And it was really painful because I felt so disconnected already from my family being away, being young, newly, you know, newly married, you know, there was just so many new things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then like once I think, uh, Ocean starting getting a little more established. I felt empowered and wanted to like give the opportunity to others. So that's kind of how it evolved. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. And and stuff. Your stuff is great. So. Um, Do you view yourself as a mentor now to other up and coming um, businesses, especially women owned businesses? Yeah, I I try to. Yeah, we. Um, I like to connect with people for sure. Yeah, I I don't know if I. I'm always kind of shy to like, you know, making these big bold statements, you know, calling myself self, you know, oh yeah, I'm a mentor. But yeah, I, I, I love that. This is kind of like, this is my passion for sure. I, I want to be pouring into other people and I want to connect people in the community. And uh, yeah. That's great. So it's interesting that you are open to second location. And did that happen during COVID then? Yes, <laughs> it sure did. Well, COVID did all kinds of things to us. I mean, it was such a roller coaster. Uh, we closed the store for a while, but then what, we were so lucky to be, we got featured uh, by really big uh, influencers uh, that really gave us a lot of um, traction online. And earlier that year, I had decided to redesign our website, which it was always kind of like, uh, you know, on the back burner because, again, I was doing shows. That was my marketing strategy, if I may say. But then in 2020, I was like, well, like, you know, now that the store is more established, it's nice to, it would be nice to like, spend more time. So, man, that really, really helped us because then when we shut down, we switched everything online and that brought a lot of traffic. And then at that time, we still didn't really have our, like, it was only my jewelry and our apparel on our website. And so this is when we decided to like make the boutique available, which again, you know, brings more traction if you sell, you know, candles and, you know, posters and and things like that. And at that time we also um, decided to do these little kits, uh, like I guess you can say friendship bracelet kits. And we try like to connect people. So it's like, you know, if you want to buy one for yourself and you can make it with somebody over Zoom. And so that was also like, uh, that also brought us like, you know, some some momentum with people where um, we started growing in the middle of that way. Because I mean, out of a sudden, it's like, you go to a show, you have access to the local community. But now out of a sudden, we were more visible to like new eyes. So yeah, and then uh, as far as Pinecrest, um, that was kind of like our only choice to see, you know, like as far as growth, it was like, well, 
we can't do shows anymore. There's no, many, there's not that many shows anyway anymore. And then it's kind of nice to be home on the weekend. So I was like, well, if I don't have to do this again, <laughs> you know, it'd be nice to to find a different, you know, revenue stream. And again, you know, uh, Philip and Jackie from Founds, they they uh, they like they always like pulling me to do these risky things. But it's, it's wonderful <laughs> to have friends like that who. Uh, they connected me again, you know, with uh, people at Pinecrest. And, and then so we, we just popped up for the holidays. It went really well. And then so we stay permanently for now. Like, they're really generous with us. That's kind of like, well, let's do it. Let's try and see what happens next. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcast, and now available on YouTube. When you're designing your jewelry and doing shows, it's kind of you working by yourself for the most part. But once you have store locations, you need employees. Yes. And how has that gone? And has that created, well, obviously work, but problems, issues, the whole managing employee piece of it? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a challenge, you know, because we create something that's artistic and so you kind of tend to have to hire other artists and so like I think the challenge has been to find people who are artists but also not trying to be your competition so I think that's what that's been happening or like that was definitely the challenge in the past where I'm trying to grow my brand you're trying to grow my brand and we you know so that 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 was hard and uh, I think that I found my um find a good team now where we are on the same page. I'm learning. Like I, you know, when I first started, I don't know who to hire. And it's just like, whoever wants to, and you know, (laughs) work with me, it's great. And then, you know, as we've grown and I've gotten older and mature and, you know, getting more experience, I'm learning how to like hire as well. But I mean, overall, yeah, it's challenging, you know, because it's time consuming to, um, to not only train people, but then like, it's also, it's vulnerable, you know, like you teaching people your pieces or, uh, you know, trusting people with your finances and things like that. Um, but it's necessary or else you can't grow that way. So like, it's been again, you know, very progressive, um, you know, I started with, uh, a couple of people at a time and then now having two stores yeah it's a whole I have you know a person who's helping manage all this and I don't hire anymore since last year which is really nice <laughs> so um but yeah and have you um have you noticed the in my mind knowing uh Pinecrest and knowing Gordon Square 
they really couldn't be two different um, shopping yeah. areas. Like where one is a lifestyle mall and the other one is really a neighborhood Absolutely. in so many different ways. I mean, yeah. do you do you market them differently? Do you have you noticed that it's a uh, just a completely different animal to have these two stores in two completely separate arenas? Yes, you are so right. It is two different <laughs> two different beasts. Uh, I mean, we still knew like this is only our third month, you know, there, but. You are absolutely on it. You know, the clientele, customer base are very different. Uh, I mean, Gordon Square, like I've been here for so long. People know us. They came because of the shows I've been doing. So really, I feel like Gordon Square, it's been more of a customer base. Like they, they support small. They appreciate handmade. They want to, you know. And so Pinecrest, um, the first month was like a lot of people that saw us maybe at a show, but they they thought that maybe Grand Square was too far or too scary to come. Um, so, and they don't necessarily, um, I would say they don't care because that's a strong word, but like, I don't see the, the you know, they don't really uh, need to know that this is like a local brand and, hey, this is me. You know, they, they, they want, if they love the stuff, they come and they'll buy it. It's, it's a different story. So like you said, we are learning how to market it. And we were just talking about it this morning, actually, with my marketing uh, manager to how do we, you know, how do, what's our story? How do we share our story there? If the story matters, you know, because it's always mattered, you know, in the past. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and now, and maybe it matters and maybe I just um, don't know yet how to share that part. So, and we are like between like two giant brands. I mean, we are right between West Elm and Urban Outfitters. Uh, so it's kind of cool because, yeah, you, you have the young people that would love what we have when they go to um, Urban Outfitters and they pop in. And, you know, so it's, it's been good, you know, just like sharing our story no matter what and uh, uh, building traction. Great. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I have to say your social media um, is great. So you mentioned that you had you. someone who helps with that. As you were growing, was there a person – or a task that you outsourced that you were really like, oh my God, this is awesome. Why didn't I do this earlier? <laughs> or um, or something that you really said, I, I, my time could be spent doing something else so much more valuable than this and you outsourced it and it made a difference. Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. I think um, when I first started growing, you know, it was just like Olivia and, and I, and wearing so many hats, you know, we were all the hats and we felt like we were doing a good job and we were doing, we kind of had no choice, you know? And so then when the team grew, I was still in that mode of like, you know, one person will do these three, four different jobs. And, um, we were, again, you know, we were keeping the status quo. <laughs> um, we were doing, but then like, yes, when, um, I think 2020, when, you know, the marketing um, became like such an important part of our, I mean, we had to start marketing. And so actually I, I got a, I got a grant from Jumpstarts just for marketing. And so that was a small amount that was like plenty big. In, I mean, for us, we, you know, like, again, we had never really spent any money on marketing. That was like a huge opportunity for us to like just hire somebody. Uh, and man, yeah, like you said, it was like, really amazing to see like how much you can accomplish like you know like social media is such is so important you know and um i was doing um 
as little as possible. Plus I was like, you know, I was at that age where it's like, I didn't grow up with social, you know, like I didn't grow up with like doing selfies and sharing my life <laughs> online. So it was such a weird, it was weird to like, out of a sudden having to be that person, you know? And so I hated it. And also like, I didn't really have that much time. So it was really nice to like hand it to somebody who was able to like share again, my voice uh, where I was comfortable with it, you know, uh, not feeling too old <laughs> for, you know, and, uh, but yeah, so social media is like definitely the, to answer your question, um, would be one of those things that it's been nice to outsource and, uh, have somebody else do it. I mean, it's like somebody that's part of the team, you know, it's not like a agency that I had hired. No, that's great. And, you know, I think obviously being an artist, you're, your work is such a great visual and just lends itself to awesome um, social media posts when you have that kind of visual um, product. So, um, thank uh, you. Yeah. And where where did the name for the um, store and and the Ocean? Yeah, where did it come from? Is there yeah. a story? So my name is Anne. Yeah. So Anne, you know, my first name being in it. And then I came from across the ocean, okay. <laughs> moving from France. And Océane is actually a first name in France that, um, you know, it's not common. It's a little, so hippie. On the, but uh, I thought it would be. Uh, and when I first started, my things were more like in the blue. You know, I use more stones and things like that than metal. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's how. That's I, great. Yeah. Yeah. That's how he was born. It, it, it sounds so much more exotic yes. with your accent yeah, than when does. I say it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Ocean, I know. It's it's a hard thing to to you know, but it's okay. <laughs> as long as as long as people are talking about it, right? So <laughs> right, exactly. Whether they're saying it perfectly or not. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, being in um, the Gordon Square Arts District and that kind of neighborhood um, is how important has it been to you as an entrepreneur to give back to your um, community? And is that a piece of um, your business model that you created? Yeah, yeah. So we love to work with local, like the local community. We, you know, we've done events where we collect, you know, items. I was just uh, talking to the director of Girls on the Run, they have a place where they meet and they're going to start next next month where I was like, you know, I would love to sponsor a team. Uh, yeah, we, we love all that kind of stuff. Like I, we also, my husband and I, I mean, you know, my husband's work obviously is very much community based, but, you know, a lot of our, at the end of the year, a lot of our uh, profit goes to sponsoring like local families and things like that. Uh, so yeah, and you know, I love, I love Gordon Square. It's such a diverse community you know, in France, it's like, it's it's kind of like a neighborhood in France would be very similar to Golden Square. You can see some blue collar families to, you know, young couples with, you know, good income, living in condos. It's like, you, you, like your zip code doesn't really matter. Like you, you can tell, you know, like uh, what person's background is by the zip code, which I think Golden Square is very much like that, if that makes sense. And I love that, you know, I love the, the diversity and the community. And it so, just keeps yeah, growing. It's a, it's, it just keeps growing and kind right. of spreading out yeah. now into Hingetown and sort of connecting to Ohio City yes. and you know, then, City. you know Tremont. I mean, it's all right there. So really, the one, the West Side has truly um, been able to, uh, I guess, not only embrace the diversity of that neighborhood, but to continue to kind of keep some of that that feeling that goes along with it too. So. Um, 
Absolutely. Yeah. Lots of amazing restaurants. Like it's really like uh, a destination, you know, like you can go see a show at the Capitol or near, near West. And then, uh, yeah, like you, it reattracts all kinds of people from artists to, uh, you know, people who appreciate shows to like good restaurants. So it's, it's great. It's kind of a one, uh, <laughs> one stop, yeah. you know, Truly. Well, and Never I heard. think think younger generations, they really thrive on that diversity. My daughter's in her 20s and, you know, the thought of living in suburbia America is like so unappealing to her. She would much rather be in an urban setting, yeah. really wants to support local businesses. And I think that's a lot of younger, you know, when I grew up, it was you go yeah. to the mall, you live in the suburbs, right? That was like yeah. The, yeah. The, the dream. And I just think the world's a really different place right now. And right. so you're in great locations to capture um, that new movement of the younger generations. So. Yeah, yeah. I know. I think the, the, you know, like Lisa was saying, and you, Tony, as well, like the, the past, you know, 10 years, it's like this shift of like people really appreciating this, you know, shop small and uh, handmade and, you know, supporting. Uh, and so like, you know, that's why I think that we were able to grow the way we grow. We grew because out of a sudden people, yeah, were realizing, you know, I don't remember the percentage, but like, isn't it like if you shop like local, like 65% of your, uh, you know, of that money spent stays, yeah, in the... Um, in the neighborhood yeah, and, and the, the multiplier factor is much higher too you know so it's that that's that's really what it's all about and and what i know lisa and i really kind of like to see is when we see business owners in other businesses other local businesses stores you know spending money and supporting them in so many different ways um just to kind of wrap things up well, if, okay. if if you were starting over it do you wish someone would have given you advice that you, or is there something oh, that you know now that maybe you didn't know then, or that you'd love to give a piece of advice to a young entrepreneur just starting out? Wow. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, yes, I, I think that um, my advice, my advice would be, you know, just stay true to yourself. I mean, that sounds a little cliche, cheesy, but, but I think what I'm trying to say is more like, you know, there's only one you kind of thing. And so as far as, um, you know, you're, you are constantly talking about social media again, like, you know, bombarded with everybody's best, you know, like you don't see people's, you know, like I don't share my struggles or whatever. I mean, you know, I try to, you know, to be, but at the same time, um, it's really hard. You know, sometimes it's really hard. You compare yourself and you're like, Oh, I should be there or whatever. But, um, so just, you know, stay focused on the big picture, you know, and keep doing what you're doing well, you know, hopefully, and, um, you know, it, it'll pay off because there's too, so many voices out there, you know, like distracting and comparing. So that would be my advice to keep doing, uh, because I mean, you know, again, like, you know, you guys mentioned me and Lisa, like people might think that I just opened a store in Pinecrest. They don't know the journey like that I started, you know, like. 12 13 14 years ago like this is a it's been a journey you know and so keep going and you know like now it's easy to say because i'm in my you know early 40s and i'm like it takes experience you know but like if you stay focused like you know um if it's what you love you know keep keep at it <laughs> it won't happen overnight i guess well, awesome. Thank you so much. It's been exciting to see you grow. And uh, again, if uh, if uh, all the listeners, if you don't follow 
Anne on social media. Check it out. And her pieces are beautiful on her website or in her stores if you're here local in the Cleveland area. But exciting to see you grow and see uh, what you continue to do. Thank you so much. It's nice to meet you, Anne. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.